the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's easy to treat people kindly when they're treating you kindly. But how do you treat people who don't like you? (laughs) Let's talk about that here today on Truth For Today. It is easy to be kind to those who are kind to you. It's easy to be nice to people who are nice to you. It's not so easy to be nice or kind to people who don't like you. But we're called to treat them differently than they treat us. That's what we're looking at here in Romans. Welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Join us here in Romans as we continue our survey. Today, we're looking at how to treat people who don't like you. For all of the details, here's Pastor Phil Howard. I want to just show you the background that what Paul is saying in Romans 12 is nothing new. But it comes right out of what Christ was teaching his own uh, about how to treat people. And I want to just look at that on our way to Romans 12. So, are you there at Matthew 5? Look at Matthew 5, the famous, the most famous sermon in history, the Sermon on the Mount by the greatest teacher, Christ. And he says something that is amazing in verse 20. And I'm just scanning this to just set us up so I'm not going to settle down. Notice what it says in verse 20. I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, that is a mouthful. Unless you have a righteousness that exceeds what the uh, Pharisees, the conservatives, the strict teachers of the word of that day have, unless you've got a superior righteousness to that, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what's superior? What do you mean? And he starts in. He takes up the case of murder. Uh, You've heard it said you shouldn't murder people. He goes on to say, but I'm telling you, don't even say raka or don't even call a man a fool because you could be in danger of hellfire. And then he goes on to say that besides I don't want you to murder people. I want you to make it the first priority of your life, even when you go to a place of worship. If you there think someone has something against you, you make it a priority to settle the matter. Don't just put it off. So forgiveness, reconciliation is a top priority in Christ's kind of righteousness. Not just not murder people, but be reconciled with people. So he says that. Then he goes and he hits pretty close to home. He says, you've heard it said uh, that you should not commit adultery. Uh, That's strict enough commandment. 
in an immoral culture. But he goes on to say, but my righteousness goes beyond the physical act. If you even look to lust for a woman in your mind and you're having mental liberties to sleep with whoever you want, he said, you're wrong. This is adultery. If you're even doing it between your ears. So I hold you accountable for how you think about the other person. Fairly strict. Talks about divorce and remarriage that uh, we're not to get a divorce for any reason. Uh, He talks about oaths. uh, Getting revenge, an eye for an eye. uh, Which was merciful in the Old Testament Middle East. Because they never stopped short of blood revenge. You take my hand, I kill you. So when God gave Moses eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, that was an equal thing. That was a good thing. That was restrictive. But he's going on to say, hey, I don't want you to get revenge. No kind of revenge. Leave it alone. Don't get even. Not you take my eye, I get to knock yours out. No, don't get revenge. Then he says something I don't like, but I didn't write the Bible. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor. That's hard enough. How many find it's hard to love your neighbor at times? You're a bunch of hypocrites. You're not raising your hands. I know you got some neighbors you don't like. Come on. Love your neighbor. Just... Our greatest sin is the failure to love God and to love our neighbor, right? You're guilty on that. So, well, I don't steal. I don't do this. Do you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body? And do you love your neighbors yourself? Well, most do not. But now he's added something. You heard love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Yes. But I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Now, you're not praying they'll drop dead. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. You love me, I'll love you back. You do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. Come on, this is the way the natural world runs. But watch this. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. You see that verse? Now what in the world does he mean? Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Some people have seen this as, you mean I've got, I can never be a believer. I can't be perfect. Is God saying he wants you to be perfect, morally perfect, uh, complete the law? Let me show you how it's qualified in Luke 6, doing the same teaching. And then it will introduce us to Romans. Look at Luke 6. He's telling them in verse 27 through verse 36, the same thing. Love our enemies. Be good to those that don't like us. Be good to those who don't do us right. 
And then he, he goes through this teaching. Look at verse 35. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. God is. Does God give rain to wicked people? Does God give good things to wicked people? Sure. Always. Breath. Yeah, I mean, don't you wish sometimes that if you were God, all the wicked would die at 19? Why long life for someone that never acknowledges you? How can an unsaved man live to be 80? God's mercy. God's grace. God is free to be good. Even if they never put faith in Christ. But then why why does your loved ones die in their 50s and they knew the Lord? You ever ask those kind of questions? That some mean person? I think of my dad, one of the sisters, got one sister alive, but his honoriest brother lived to be the longest. His other brothers died younger, and he died fairly young. But the honorary uncle out of all of them, he outlived all the boys. God, are you mixed up? Killing. Take the bad people early. I hate to admit this in front of you, but sometimes I feel that way. Knock off the meanies. Listen to what he says. Be merciful. Just as your father is merciful. Now you notice Matthew ended be perfect. Here it says be merciful. That's what he means by be perfect. Treat people like God treats people and God's merciful. He gives good gifts to bad people. That's what he's saying. If your God can be good to bad people, he expects his people to be good to bad people. Now, go to Romans 12. And we'll pick up verse 14. Bless those who give you money. Oh, oh, persecute you. Yes. Did you bring your Bible? You need to bring your Bible for those slips. You want to be able to look at the Bible. I slip sometimes. Bless those who persecute you. And the word is pursued to death. It's a strong term. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And some of you, this is your life's verse because you don't know what it means. You think, I'll be glad to burn them. But that's not what it means. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with 
good. Over and over, God is telling us, as his people, how did we get into this community of believers? God has been merciful. He has not treated us as our sins deserve. Has anyone here ever broken any of the Ten Commandments? Don't raise your hand. Thank you. I know you have. I know you have. We all have. We, we, we all sin. When Paul, for the first three chapters of Romans, he's writing conclusively, you've sinned. You, sinned. you may say, well, I didn't do what they did. You sinned. You didn't bring glory to God. In many ways, we sinned. But as he's explained for 11 chapters, the mercy of God as revealed in Christ, Christ took our sins. Christ forfeited the penalty that was due us for our wrong. And now he's put us in this grace community. And he's saying, respond to my mercy. And I'm going to tell you how this community is to treat others, how you treat one another in the community, and how we relate to those that aren't even believers in Christ. So he starts to tell us what to do. Five things I would point out that he tells them to do. Number one, bless our enemies. Don't curse them. Uh, We want to be people that bestow a blessing. And the idea here is not, I bless you. I don't have anything to bless anybody with. It's the idea, I invoke God. God, please bless them. God, give them strength. Uh, save them. Uh, make a change. In other words, do not pray a curse on your enemies. Do not bring uh, revengeful kinds of prayers on those that are opposing you. And he's saying here, bless them who persecute you. And uh, bless those instead of cursing. And uh, have you ever heard of this going on? Did you ever hear of a man by the name of Stephen who's being stoned in Acts 7? And he says, Father, forgive these men. Don't charge them with killing me. Just let it go. And if you read any history of martyrs from the book of Acts throughout church history, you will be amazed at how many martyrs spoke from the flames, spoke from their persecution, bless them, save them, change my persecutors, so often that many times the soldiers carrying out the execution would be won to the faith by the manner of behavior of the martyr. Instead of cursing them, Instead of wishing them evil, they would pray for them. Don't charge these men. Did you know it's exactly what Christ did? That when the men were nailing Christ to the cross, Roman soldiers carrying out orders, Christ did this. By the way, Father, if these men should ever die without me, And they come before you at the white throne judgment to be judged for all of their evil deeds. I'm asking you, Father, never bring up my crucifixion. I don't want them charged with it. Nobody on the Roman guard will have to answer God for driving the spikes in the Son of God. 
Because he's already forgiven them. It will not come up in the future. It was forgiven on the day they drove the spikes, spit on the face, plucked him, mocked him as king of the Jews. He said, Father, forgive these men. I don't want them to go to hell because they had to drive the spikes in my body. So I'm going to redeem and create a community of followers that will have a superior righteousness to that of the Pharisees who were the best of human effort, couldn't keep it. I'm going to give them the Holy Spirit. I'm going to model before them the kind of mercy I want. I want my people to be about mercy and not about revenge. About mercy not about getting even. About the love of God overflowing instead of always winning the argument and trying to put people down. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who curse you. My father used to tell about our black preacher friend, Brother Brown in Berkeley, when a man said, I hate you, and called him uh, a racial name. Brother Brown simply said, I thank God I don't have to hate you back. You're not in charge of what I give back. And Christ is telling his followers, hate doesn't have to make you hate. Hate. Oftentimes we forget that this book of Romans was written at a time when we had nobody in the House of Representatives. We had no senators. We had no representatives. We had no kings. We had no presidents. Nobody, nobody embraced Christianity. Matter of fact, they worshiped the emperor. Nero, you had to burn incense to him. He hated Jews and he hated Christians, this wild sect that it started over in Palestine. But then the Christians, many of whom were Jewish, even they were ostracized. And so they, the Christians were on the run from the Roman government and run from leaving Palestine, persecuted, hated. And he said, don't do anything but bless. Bless. The greatest tragedy in history is when the church picked up the sword. When we picked up the sword, we did great sin and great evil. When we said, we're going to take back Palestine. We're going to do the crusades. Folly upon folly. We killed Arabs. We killed Jews. We were wrong. We were wrong. We were not called to bear the sword. We were called to display mercy. We're in the mercy business, not in the sword business. Peter, put away your sword. Peter, this battle is won not with swords, but it's a spiritual battle, won on our knees, won by mercy, won by giving back good instead of evil. That's the battle. How do we respond? Well, he said, something else I want you to do. I want you to care for each other. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep, literally. Live in harmony with one another. I think it's an amazing thing that God creates a community of people that some are as emotional as a frozen block of ice. And some are just as stoical, that their ethics as you never show need, that means weakness. 
And God says, oh, cut it out. I've put you in a community where you care for one another. And you'll share each other's sorrows. And you'll share each other's joys. You see, what's wrong with some of you is you're more American than you're Christian. You get this independent uh, Marlboro man philosophy. I'm self-made. Oh, yuck. You mean you didn't eat a mother and father? Where were they? I thought they made you. Well, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm self-sufficient. <laughs> you're self-sufficient till the doctor says you're dying with a terminal disease. Because James says, don't boast about tomorrow because you're just a vapor and you may not be here. You. You're not in charge of whether you'll be here tomorrow. God, in the middle of the night, can say, this is your last breath. I'm taking you home. And all your assets pass on to kids you can't stand. Hey, man, that's what gets me. Put it in my coffin. Okay, we'll put it all in the coffin. We've been put into a caring community. And some of you said, my home was brutal. My home was this. Hey, hey, that's right. God has put you into a new community. And care is one of the marks of it. We weep together. We rejoice together. Tell me this. Who would you call to tell that you just got a bonus? (laughs) Smart. Don't tell anyone. They'll want a loan. (laughs) They'll want money. For sure, don't tell your kids. Dad, let's go to Disneyland. On my dollar? You got a bonus. But there's other people that if you said you got a bonus, you know what? You don't realize this. There's a green-eyed monster called jealousy. God, why did you bless him and not me? I'm, I live for you just as much as them. I resent you for getting a blessing. Some people only like you as long as you are broker than them. As long as you're in the subordinate position, they don't like the thing. But he said, no, no, no. We ought to be a community that when you get a blessing, you ought to be able to run down here and share with anybody in this place. And we rejoice with you. Let's just double the joy. You got blessed. I'm blessed. Some of you think about that, aren't you? I can tell. Take it by faith. When you're blessed, I ought to be blessed to know it. Right? Share They say shared joy is double joy. Shared sorrow is half sorrow. And when you share your sorrows, you weep. Now, let's ask, did Jesus do this? I think so. He was a party animal in our world. John the Baptist was the guy that never went to the parties. Jesus made the wine. Man, you want him at the party? John 2, the best wine in town. Christ is bringing those pots. I'll pray over it. And they got the best wine in town. And Jesus is there. Was it for a minute? Yes. It was. It wasn't Welch's. <laughs> it was the real stuff. You teetotalers have big time with that. But it was. It was wine. John the Baptist didn't go to any of that. Christ did. He would say, but guess what else? In John 11, it says Jesus wept. And that's the shortest verse in the Bible, but it is loaded with the pathos of Christ. 
Why will you weep over a man you know you're going to resurrect? He says, Mary and Martha's weeping. I could enter into their sorrows as a human being. What touches them touches me. And that is an amazing thing what God does to your emotional life once you get in this mercy community and you know it. We all have different temperaments. But I am amazed at how many men have told me I never shed a real tear until I became a Christian. That brings us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard as we have been working our way through Romans. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to his knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue Suite 278 Hercules, California The zip code is 94547 And that website once again truthfortodayradio.org It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.